Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, thanks for making us uh, part of your Monday afternoon. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco in for Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Uh, we're going to talk about an important community event coming up a little bit later on in the hour with uh, Damian Kim. It's about uh, 3.45 this afternoon. And then uh, also coming up uh, are uh, our Mountain West Power Rankings, which are uh, coming up at 4 o'clock. I think you know exactly one and two. You know, we get later on in the year, there is much less suspense. Uh, which makes it sometimes, honestly, kind of harder uh, to do these rankings because when the suspense is gone, it's like, eh, all right, you're doing it. We, we've got to keep it consistent. But we, we've we seen this all play out now, and we kind of already know. But we'll do it anyway because uh, how much did Hawaii take a step forward after its win on UNL, uh, against UNLV on Saturday, I, I think that's one of the uh, one of the questions that I think we will 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 tackle here over the course of the show today. Because you know, I do get an opportunity being in the position that I am in as a uh, as a program director and as someone who gets to see all of the things that the people do here, our uh, our our hosts, etc. That um, I get an I, I get an opportunity to see what people say before you hear it on the air, aka our text message line. I I I get to hear a lot of the insight from a lot of people um, before uh, you know before Gary screens it for uh, for the fans' voice. And I gotta admit, that was a pretty positive night for Hawaii football. It was a pretty positive night because we've been so used to finding ways to be frustrated over something that could be good. I mean, Hawaii had prior to Saturday just just a couple of wins um, and and nothing entirely impressive. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Saturday was a super impressive win either. But what I will tell you is... That was the kind of a step forward type of game that I think Hawaii really needed. Um, the ability to be able to hold off an athletic quarterback like Doug Brumfield, the ability to uh, to to rise through some of some of the challenges and and be able to win that game. For a team that has been learning how to win, was what uh, was extra, I think, important for me as I was watching that play out. And it's not to say that this is, you know, one of those next huge steps that means Hawaii is going to accelerate the the growth process and 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 the ability to move forward. But what it what it did do is it showed that the process is working. You know, I don't. We don't need to get into the numbers now. We can get into some of those numbers later and some of the you know, between-the-line stuff later. Um, but every every once in a while, I think you're kind of looking for a sign to know, all right, 
is this working? Uh, you've gone through some of the tough losses, the one-score games. You've felt a little bit of the heartbreak. You've felt for some of the players who have put a lot out there. And again, they've they've felt a little bit of the heartbreak. And, you know, at, at some point, you're just looking for that sign that says, you know, um, we can see a win. We can see a path forward. And that the buy-in is there. The coaches are keeping these players engaged. And that regardless of how this team finishes, and you've got one more game, you've got San Jose State uh, coming up. And, and I heard Timmy Chang after the game, I think it was to Hawaii News Now, uh, it might have been to a pool. I, I'm not entirely sure. But I basically heard Timmy Chang not even utter the words Shevin and Cordero. Um, it was just basically, uh, well, uh, there's a quarterback who used to be at UH who's at San Jose State. We know him. And uh, we, we got we, we to gotta play hard against him. That was it. And that's all that was, uh, that's all that was needed. So, um, you know, I, uh, I, I take what I saw um, and, I, and I look at that as the kind of message that tells the fan base that has been frustrated, that has been um, just kind of looking for something good. I, I take that and I, and I go back to the fan base and I say, well, hey, that was your sign. And you did it against a rival, and, uh, and and you did it at home where all three of your wins have come, uh, but you won the close one. You, you won a close one that you absolutely needed. You got it done, and uh, now the season's not over. Oh, and you did it for the seniors uh, on an important night. That's, that's one of those nights that you absolutely hate to lose. Uh, but you made sure that you kind of went you you kind of showed that there is movement there is forward progress with this team uh our text line 808-296-1420 that's our zephyr insurance text line you can call us at 808-296-1420 and you can send us your tweets at sports animals at josh on the radio is that what you took away from uh, from saturday night did you see that next step did you see that evolution of this Hawaii football team, you know, looking a little bit closer like a winner. Did you see that? I see you guys on the phones. We'll uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to you here in just a second to kind of get your thoughts on uh, uh, what you took away from Saturday. And it also shows me that, hey, um, Saturday against San Jose State is going to be really interesting because, you know, Hey, Hawaii was a double-digit underdog against UNLV. Made it happen. San Jose State, uh, you know, another double-digit favorite. Hawaii has um, has done a great job, except for Fresno State, of keeping everything close. And we'll get an opportunity to see here uh, moving forward it's, if it's, uh, it's going to be that same way. But it gives me kind of the impression that Hawaii can on the road. Let's say hi to John at 808-296-1420. John, good afternoon. Hey, how's it? It was a big win, um, but only big considering where we're at, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, UNLV is a losing team, and they were a desert team playing in the rain. And 
And so, but I'll take it, you know, I actually am more impressed by some of, like, the San Diego State game to me still is the most impressive game yet. So I, I, I don't need this team, this win, to tell me that I think Timmy is in the right direction. Right. Uh, going in the right direction. Because um, I wasn't impressed with the win. I, I was, but, yeah. Um, but you came, but you came away certainly feeling a certain kind of way. I mean, it it, it didn't come off. It sounds like to me it wasn't ho hum for you. Yeah, no. It, it was, hey, when you are a team on a rebuild like this, and you faltered on games that you could have won, and maybe shouldn't have even been close, but you were, and we just were, you know, just came up short. So I, I, I think. I think we're heading in the right direction. You know, that's the main thing. And I was very happy with the win. We've got to take the win as it comes, any way it can. And, um, you know, hats off to the players. Thank God for the seniors. They were, we were able to send them off with a big win. Anyway, you have a good one. Go, go Warriors. Hey, same to you, John. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you for listening. Dick, you're up next at 808-296-1420. How are you? Hey, Josh, thanks for taking my call. I tell you, I'm very, very encouraged. I see uh, Shager coming into his age there, and I tell you what I think the big difference is is, the, is putting that long throw into the offense, whether it's completed or not. You know, I played defensive back in college, and I tell you, if, if I never see a long ball, I keep moving up, and I'm going to help out with the run. I'll watch out for short passes. But you throw a long one, I don't want to make a big mistake, whether, it, like I say, whether it's complete or not, it loosens up that defense, and they did that several, not too often either, but enough to make the defense to back off. And then, of course, it was a beautiful one that he completed. You know, the kid, the kid's coming along, and and I think to include that long pass attempt from time to time is really important. And on the defense as well, the defense would make, you know, a big mistake. And you saw you know, gigantic runs in the past, and therefore we lost the game. This time we didn't. I saw the safety making the necessary tackles when the guy had broken through. We didn't see the missed tackle. Wasn't perfect, but darn well it's improved. So I'm really encouraged, Josh. I think it's uh, heading the right direction. I'm really pleased to be a Rainbow Warrior fan. Awesome. Uh, Dick, thank you for calling in. Appreciate you listening. Uh, you can keep your thoughts coming in from the game at 808-296-1420. Uh, he makes a great point. Um offensively and that was going to be one of the areas that we would we would touch on uh, occasionally you have to take chances and you've you've got to try to, to to push the ball deep I mean it statistically it was not Braden Shager's best day um, just going by entirety of numbers but you know again when you mix it up enough um, you're, you're going to find success here and there because ultimately you're going to kind of dictate what the defense does, which then means you can kind of dictate what you do against the defense that you've kind of um, you've kind of orchestrated by the kind of play calling you have. And I think that also has to go a, a little bit higher when uh, when, when we talk about uh, Coach Chang and, and, and offensive coordinator Shoemaker to, 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 to talk a little bit about um, where play calling maybe was effective. And you don't lose the ground game because Diedrich Parson and Tylen Hines both combined for 178 yards 
um, in that game. And you got to work uh, Najee Bryant Lillet in for a little bit, which was uh, which was nice to see him on the field. And so you have a, a, a little bit of everything, which meant that you could keep the defense honest. And and UNLV's defense, not bad. Uh, but in keeping them honest, even with a guy like Austin Ajike, uh, uh, who was uh, tremendous defensively, 15 tackles, uh, 11 of them solo. He had a couple of tackles for loss. But but outside of that, there weren't many guys who really kind of impacted the game defensively outside of what Ajike uh, did. Maybe, you know, Adam Plant Jr. with his uh, with his one sack. Um not much else outside of that. I, I will also throw out Hawaii getting pressure on Brumfield. I wanted to spend a little more time on defense in, in this game, and I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll do that actually on the other side because I, I thought that was maybe the outside of talking about Braden Shager, which is good, um, but being able to recognize what the defense did against a, a very athletic player um, especially late, is something I think worth spending a little bit of time on, uh, giving credit to that Hawaii defense, and we'll do that coming up on the other side. Monday Night Football kicking off in a few moments from Mexico. It is uh, San Francisco and uh, Arizona. Arizona without Kyler Murray, by the way. It is going to be uh, uh, Colt McCoy who's starting in that game. Maui, Jim Maui Invitational is going on right now. Uh, you got a lot of stuff taking place on this Monday. We've got it all for you as we go along. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Right now, we'll look at surf. We'll get a Sports Center update coming up in a little over 10 minutes as we update. San Francisco and Arizona in Mexico. It's uh, the uh, NFL Mexico game on Monday Night Football and uh, Maui Jamali Invitational underway. There is some breaking news from college football. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, made official. I'm not sure that this is uh, Brett McMurphy reporting via sources, but uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech has been canceled on Saturday. You may recall that last week the, the, the obvious... Um, tragedy that happened on a bus um, in, involving a, a former Virginia football player and uh, three different Virginia football players that were shot. One of them uh, did have Hawaii ties. Three passed away. Others were hurt. Uh, it is still something that um, they're mourning uh, clearly in, uh, in that state. Uh, and on that campus, and uh, they just announced here a few minutes ago that Virginia and Virginia Tech has been uh, has been canceled. Uh, they don't say postponed. Um, these are two teams that uh, I guess it, it, really who cares about bowl eligibility at this point when we're talking about players' lives and we're talking about um, a, a, a clear tragedy that um, the football game really does not matter. You know, this is also really on the heels of what took place last weekend that led to the cancellation of a New Mexico, New Mexico State basketball game. Uh, you may have heard the news uh, 
of a of a New Mexico State player, as we're we're learning from police now, who was lured onto campus at New Mexico by three different people, um, and uh, they were going to uh, they were uh, they were they were going to beat him up. Um, but it went farther than that, and um, there are some new details, and we'll talk about that later. The response has been, well, interesting from the New Mexico State end, and uh, and, and we'll address that a little bit later on. But we've been talking about Hawaii football, um, Hawaii football, not just um, the win, but where do we, you know, how 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 do we approach this game in its aftermath? Um, I really took this win as really a step forward more than anything else, that this was the win that showed me, and I think may have shown some of you, that if you're if, if you have any questions about buy-in, if you have any questions about whether this team is still fighting hard and, and trying to figure out how to win, then, um, you know, this this was that game for me that it felt like this team took the next step in trying to show that it it was indeed learning how to win games and uh, and and learning how to be competitive down the stretch uh, via Twitter at Cole underscore Nui Nui who's uh, who says at with the win barely impressed says here we go again with another senior night win paired with where the heck was this all year long and then says and i don't understand it if hawaii was a school on the continent eyebrows would be raised investigation um i don't understand that part of uh of, of what was said there unless you're saying eyebrows would be raised because um it was a come from behind win and maybe more people will be talking about it i don't i don't know i i don't like to assume uh, on on tweets or texts, and I think I'm kind of assuming on tweets and texts, just based on that one. You know, I don't um, I don't necessarily think that uh, that tweeter's wrong entirely. You know, it is UNLV. UNLV has been on a massive slide, and um, to see a team that, frankly, that UNLV team has has struggled to learn how to win here in the last month and a half. And so, you know, to, to say that you might be barely impressed by the win, that's that's fair. Um I don't I don't have any criticism for that. You know, I don't I the the where the heck was this all year long? I mean, I I, I again I, I I get it. Senior night, you're glad you win on senior night and you send them out with with something good. But I, I also understand the sentiment and and Tanner Tanner raised an eyebrow at me as I was as I was reading that, I I I understand the sentiment of feeling like okay well I mean yeah where was this sure um but I I do think it does kind of overestimate the talent that you have um and and how you feel about that talent put together uh, in an opportunity to win a close game. I, I I did want to spend a little time on defense, and that's where I, I did want to go here because, you know, one thing I think you have to give credit for, Hawaii's defense down the stretch did what I thought was one of its best jobs all year against a playmaking 
kind of quarterback um, and and really kind of held him in check. Doug Brumfield got his he, – he got his. You know, his 288 yards passing. He got his 55 yards rushing, although he didn't really beat Hawaii on the ground. Um, and, and, I, and I think that's kind of important. But I look at, at UNLV, you know, outside of the – I look at UNLV in the second half and um, put into perspective their drives. Um, you know, and, I, and I, I basically see the following. Punt, field goal, interception, missed field goal, turnover on downs – field goal and I look at the quality of those drives I mean UNLV had a really good drive in in that first half it led them to three points you know that was a win for the Hawaii defense um you know Hawaii's defense gave up a few yards an extra drive forced a punt but I I looked down the line when Hawaii's defense had opportunities to really kind of um break on a couple of nice drives that UNLV put together, outside of that one touchdown drive, Hawaii holding UNLV to a couple of drives with just field goals were wins, and they were big difference maker drives. Um, you know, for that for that uh, Hawaii defense to just bend a little, um, but not break, because there were opportunities for UNLV to 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 cash in a lot more than they did. And Hawaii's defense held firm enough to make sure that that didn't happen. Um, and, and that's where I think a, a, a lot of credit is is really due. And then, you know, we, we mentioned the number earlier, sacks. Uh, Hawaii had three of them in this game, including that key one from uh, Kahahavai Welch with, uh, with, with under three to play. But you look at, at what else that they did. I mean, Brumfield got out of the pocket. Uh, you look late in that game, didn't really have a lot of big plays with his feet. And, uh, and and Hawaii contained him pretty well. So, you know, we may talk about just getting the win in general, and, and that's and that's fine. But I think we the, the Hawaii defense at the time was an, un, was an unsung hero uh, for this team. Sports Center on the other side. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. We'll get through the M. Dyer Global Scoreboard coming up in just a little while. You are listening to the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and uh, 1420 AM. Great to have you in. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy uh, of the Aloha Kia Hotline. We're going to talk with uh, Damian Kim coming up in just a little while to talk about an important event that's uh, that's going to be on the way. So uh, stand by for that. That is in... Just about 15 minutes. Uh, University of Hawaii football over the weekend. Uh, we also had University of Hawaii basketball on Saturday with the uh, Hawaii-Hawaii Pacific University game that was played out in Laie. Uh, we'll be back in Laie Friday and Saturday for the Patty Mills North Shore Classic. Tanner was just reminding me of my uh, my travel schedule during the break. I appreciate that, Tanner. Um <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what are you trying to say? Tell me what you're trying to say here, though, Tanner. What What are you saying? Will Josh be able to talk about the defense, though? What do you mean? I was just talking about defense last segment. What are you trying to say here, I Tanner? I you had more to say. 
I do. I'm going to spread it out over the course of the show because we have three hours. So um, I'm, I'm trying to like figure out what are what are what are we saying? What 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 kind of nonsense are we writing on the board about the host of the show uh, that has to distract the host of the show while he's looking at all the important things on the board that the host of the show has to do? My job is to distract you. I'm pretty sure. No. <laughs> it's not, and I know it because I'm your boss. I'm doing a pretty so, good job of it, though, right now. Am I, you're, am I right? you're doing a really good job of doing the job that's not yours, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to uh, to the defense uh, and, and, and more on Hawaii football coming up in a little while. Uh, but it was good be, uh, it was, uh, it was good to be back in Laie for, for a little while. I was, telling, uh, I was telling a few people there uh, when I got there, that uh, it was it was um, it was reminiscent of the drives of old, where uh, you know you 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 take an hour and you've got one of the co- most comforting drives that you can take to a basketball game. Just avoid um, avoid staring out at the ocean when the weather is good. Because sometimes on that drive, you are oh so close, uh, especially when you're driving in and the ocean's to your right. Uh, just make sure not to stare too much at all the scenery around you. Uh, that could be difficult. But other than that, let's see what else is reminiscent. It was being inside that gym, just getting in and you're, you're walking right in through the curtains and you're into the venue. Um the venue itself, uh, all 4,500 seats in that venue and the difference between the chairback seats for what would normally be the uh, BYU-Hawaii season ticket holders and um, the, the wooden bench seats for, uh, you know, for everybody on the opposite side, on the lower level. Um, you know, there was that. Um, there was our good friend Kingsley IU. Who, uh, who's the PA announcer. He wasn't there the night before for the women's game, but I said, when's the last time you've been here uh, doing the, the you know, PA announcing for uh, a BYU-Hawaii game? And he said, to be honest, it's, been the, it's the first time since 2016 that he has been behind the microphone at a BYU-Hawaii event. And, um, I, and I remember in the years of, of being there in the past that um, you know, you, you'd always hear his voice the the friendly and welcoming voice inside of that venue. The only thing we missed is uh, the old SID Scott Lowe, sports information director, Ken Wagner, and a cameo appearance from Jet Chang. Um, and and the old BYU-Hawaii teams. And they had some old BYU-Hawaii players who, uh, you know, who were in attendance there, which was, uh, was kind of neat. It, it, my only thing is because I, I said this, I think, on Friday show. I want to see more basketball there. I would love to see basketball played regularly in Laie, and I, and I really hope that this Patty Mills North Shore Classic and, you know, the, the Hawaii North Shore Invitational, which was the women's tournament, you know, I, I hope these end up being yearly things. And and what it usually comes down to, it comes down to these third-party promoters that do it and, and, and of course, BYU-Hawaii's involvement. But, um, you know, I, I do believe that there needs to be a little bit of an investment in um, 
you know, in, in, in making these events happen if you want it, because I think people will, 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 will go to it. You know, you had a few people and it wasn't a big crowd, but you had a few people who made the drive over from wherever they live to, uh, to watch UH men's basketball. People will go, but I also believe that, you know, you've got to make the event a little larger than life. Uh, that's the job of these promoters is to make sure that uh, people know, hey, you've got this going on, and it's a great time, and we want you to be there. Like, for example, that women's tournament that's taking place. Um, it's a shame that really nothing was done to even promote it. Like, no advertising, no nothing to tell people, hey, we got Division One basketball being played in La EA. Um you know, you've with the Patty Mills North Shore Classic, it's Division One men's college basketball. Hawaii may be the most notable name. There may not be a Power Five conference team in there, but you know what? Um, get people out there. Do some promotion. Tell people outside of us just talking to people right now. Tell people, hey, we've got this event going on. And, um, you know, we, we, we want you to go. Buy these tickets. Go online. You know, do all of that. And, um, you know, to to your community. And, it, you know, it, it's been, it was a little disappointing that that hasn't been done. It's, it's like it's been largely like word of mouth. Now, Tanner, you noticed something yesterday at volleyball, right? What did you see? So I was lucky enough to go to the game. And as I'm walking through, <laughs> I just see three guys just kind of like, Talking to everyone, handing out pieces of paper. I'm like, what's going on here? And I identify one of the guys as a Ron Gannat. <laughs> That's a way of putting it. As he it. looks me straight in the eye and says, you know, as he's like basically saying, hey, come out to, you know, the North Shore Classic this week, $10 tickets. And he was giving out flyers. Everyone was taking them. I think Cindy Lewis also had one. My, uh, my uh, friend, uh, Reese Nagaoka. Uh, texting me a photo of it so mm-hmm. hey he's he's trying now but that's but that's you know I, I hate to say it but that's the wrong crowd that's the wrong crowd um to attract out to go an hour from Manoa to the North Shore and I'm glad they're doing it I mean it, head coach Aron Ganat has championed that event even though it's not it's not their event but coach Ganat has embraced it he wants to see basketball into the communities to grow the game. Um, you know, he and, and Patty Mills and, and, and my partner on radio, Derek Lowe, and, and others, you know, they're trying to do a lot of these initiatives to you know, bring basketball closer to you. And I appreciate that. But in a way, this isn't Coach Gannat's job. Um, the people who are supposed to put on the Patty Mills North Shore Classic should be doing that. They should be running advertising schedules. They should be putting out some social media stuff. I don't even know that the Patty Mills North Shore Classic is a Twitter account. Uh, in this day and age, if you are pr- if you are putting on an event and you are promoting event, you need to have a social media account, um, and you need to put up photos and flyers and get in the consciousness of people. Um, it doesn't seem like that's the case. That you know, those are the kinds of things that when they aren't done they lead to events not working because 
you come back and you ask yourself, well, why why was it that only you know 400 people were at a game in which a place seats 4,500? You've got Division One college basketball, and I don't I don't remember what the attendance number was on Saturday. They didn't actually announce it um, when uh, when we were there. I guess they probably announced it later, but um, you know, like. You ask the question later, like, well, why why wasn't attendance so good? They, the attendance was 423 in a in a 4,500 seat venue. And I realize Hawaii versus Hawaii Pacific is not a marquee draw. Samuta Avea, I think they were hoping, was going to be a draw. And I think he had less than 30 tickets, I think, he requested for for Saturday's game. And there were some, there were some, you know, some family members and some students from BYUH and HPU and, and I guess a few from UH, maybe. But that's not who you're going after. And, um, you know, you really got to go after your community. And, and the Patty Mills North Shore Classic, reach out to your community in the North Shore. You know, I know Friday is going to be tough because you're going up against a Kahuku football game. Not great. As uh, as someone said to me, you're going to be driving into Laie as at least half the town's going to be driving out because uh, game's at 3.30 on Friday and the Kahuku game kicks off at 7. So Laie might be a, a deserted town by the time I get in. But do the outreach. And, oh, one more thing. I'm going to go back to that um, you know, last weekend. And, you know, this is around the women's tournament. So they had streaming, right? This this website, I forget what the name of the website was. Something thebeast.com or whatever. I, yeah, some rando website. Put the effort in to something quality. If you're going to charge people 25 bucks to watch a stream, Put some kind of effort in to making that look good. Let me give you an example. You know the camera they used? It was like a glorified security camera. Just put on this big pole. And I don't know if it was like a, a, a remote one or just it was just told to follow the ball and go left and right. But they blocked off a couple of rows in the first row behind the scores table so they could put up this pole with the security camera, basically, and the security camera was what you were watching to watch that Hawaii Women's Invitational. And ultimately, as we would find out the morning of, the people who did that Invitational said, oh, you know what, we might as well just uh, go stream that Hawaii HPU game, too. And didn't tell anybody. And that is, we would find out. Thank you, Reese Nagoka's 25 bucks. What are we doing? You know, these are the kinds of things that just kill events when you do them half you know what. Use real cameras, employ real people to run the cameras. If you won't do that, then don't do it at all. Because the student-athletes deserve better. And the families of the student-athletes deserve better. And, um, you know, and, and, and the schools who are participating in the events, they deserve better than what that was. 
Time for our M. Dyer Global Scoreboard. It is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Monday Night Football uh, on ESPN Television. Arizona leading the San Francisco 49ers 3 to nothing. 2.53 to go uh, in the first quarter. NBA, New Orleans leading the Golden State Warriors 41-23, 9.32 to go in, uh, in the second quarter. And the Maui Jim Maui Invitational is underway a uh, no, couple of games, number 10, Creighton over 21st ranked Texas Tech, 76 to 65. And number nine, Arkansas routing Louisville, 80 to 54. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Damian Kim on the other side. It's the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. update is coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, also coming up at the top of the hour are Mountain West Power Rankings. We'll try to uh, build the suspense wherever the suspense is left now that we know the uh, conference championship matchup in the Mountain West. Uh, coming up Saturday, April 22nd at Kapiolani Regional Park. It's going to be the uh, 2023 Step Out Hawaii. And uh, that is a, a benefit of the American Diabetes Association. Damian Kim uh, joins us now, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline, and and you know Damien very well. You've heard him uh, in a number of different areas, but you know Damien, it's interesting because we're talking to you about this event uh, because next year you're going to be the executive campaign chair for the uh, Step Out Walk Hawaii. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, I want to just thank you again for putting me on the air. Uh, to talk about diabetes in Hawaii. So you know that one out of every two people in Hawaii are affected by diabetes. And many as half of Hawaii residents are either at higher risk of developing diabetes or already have it. And over 10,000 new cases of diabetes are diagnosed per year at an estimated cost of to Hawaii at about $1.5 billion. So the serious complications include heart disease, stroke, amputation, end-stage kidney disease, blindness, and death. Overall, the islands are often ranked as one of the healthiest states in America, but diabetes is on the rise and health outcomes are worse than average for some local groups, including Native Hawaiians and other Pacific Islanders. So it's very important that you know we try to get this message out. And uh, and you're very much in, involved in that now, but this is uh, this is kind of personal for you too, isn't it? Yes, it is. You know, I, I personally have type 2 diabetes, and it runs in our family. So early on, you know, I saw my dad struggle with his type 1 diabetes with insulin shots twice a day. Eventually, he lost his kidney functions and, and then having to go on dialysis. Uh, then a heart attack eventually took his life at a very young age of 49, two days before his 50th birthday. So I also watched my mom having to go to this, you know, and taking care of him, which, you know, it wasn't easy. We're talking with Damian Kim as uh, we're, we're talking about the 2023 Step Out Hawaii, Saturday, April 22nd, Kapiolani uh, Regional Park. Uh, you're now involved with the American Diabetes Association as the executive campaign chair for the event. Uh, but to talk a little bit about the association, um, give people listening in an idea of, of what they do locally. Okay. Well, thank you. In, in Hawaii, ADA uh, connects the community with supports 
supports people by bettering the very systems like legislatively, school, medical, et cetera, that impact those with diabetes. And every year, the ADA, well, except, you know, pre-pandemic and now post-pandemic, every year, ADA hosts Camp Eola Keiki at Camp Erdman. And at that camp, is designed to improve the management skills of keikis with diabetes, as, as well as connecting them with friends who truly understand what they're going through. And at this camp, is also staffed with medical professionals and camp team activities so that the kids can let loose while still making sure that the daily sugar levels are being consistent. So what's great about it is that, you know, you see them working with each other because all the kids here have type 1 diabetes, and they basically learn how to count their calories and, you know, and everything that's being served to them so they know the proper amounts to eat and the type of food to eat. So it's something that is, uh, that I saw as the kids are having fun in doing that as well as regular camp activities as well, too. Yeah, you got to experience that, right? Yeah, I got to. You know, like I said, it was, it was so fun um, watching the kids just, like, like they said, let loose, you know, go around, play with each other. But when it came to the meal time. Um, that was exciting to watch because these kids all pull out their little calculators and they're calculating, you know, the foods that they have uh, being served on, on the calorie counting and all to make sure they got the right levels uh, of sugar in their system and things like that. Damien Kim is joining us. Uh, let's transition to Saturday, April 22nd. Um, tell people what, 20, what the 2023 Step Out Hawaii is. Well, in 2023, like you said, um, you know, IBW has helping it. So for me, it was easy to be able to do this uh, and be that step share for it. It's filled with fun, excitement as we celebrate Hawaii Diabetes Community. The event will feature entertainment, cakey fun, wellness filled with health and more. It's all for one and a half walk around Tiny Park or two. Or you I think we might have lost Damien there. I don't know if uh, – there he is. You're, you're still there. Your, your phone's breaking up a little bit. So I'll, I'll ask the, the, the last question here okay. because there's there's opportunities for people to, to be involved, right? So um, how can people contact you guys uh, and get information and also uh, find out how they can be involved? Well, you can gather your friends and family, co-workers who start a team. You can register at www.diabetes.org backslash step out 2023 as your team fundraises you'll uh, unlock rewards top fundraising teams will receive a special perks at the end at the event itself and then you've got uh, as you said the website you can email for more information ada hawaii at diabetes.org and uh, on instagram ada underscore hawaii on facebook uh, ADA Hawaii. Damien, um, glad to see you uh, continuing to do good things in the community. Uh, thank you for sharing all this information with us, and uh, we'll keep getting this out to our listeners. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate the time. All right, that's Damien Kim. 2023 Step Out Hawaii, Saturday, April 22nd, Kapiolani Regional Park. Go to diabetes.org slash stepout2023. Sports Center next. Coming up in moments are Mountain West Power Rankings. There is some movement. I, I I don't know what you would consider to be major movement in our Power Rankings, but there is some movement, uh, especially near the middle. 
And uh, also coming up, I'm looking at our, uh, our our Twitter feed at Josh on the radio, and uh, I I have I'm 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 been, I've been saying to people, we're done with debating where the next stadium should go. It's over. That conversation is done. Uh, apparently not. Times two, in case you're wondering. I'm uh, I'm I'm going there. I'm reacting. Uh, it's coming up in just a little while. You can text us. There's Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. Send me your tweets. I am at Sports Animals. You can get to me directly at Josh on the radio. All right. Uh, power rankings. Let's do it. Uh, Tanner Hayworth. I always ask you at the beginning, and by the way, he has done his, uh, so I'm going to ask him to show his work later. Um Start at the top or start at the bottom. Uh, you always give me the direction on where to go just because. So uh, where do we go this time? I think we go for the least suspenseful. We kick that right off the bat. Let's go from the top. Okay. Um, so we're going to tell people to wait. We're going to make people wait for the suspense. Uh, the suspense I'm sure you're referring to is is Hawaii in the bottom three. Is that the suspense that you're looking for? Because Hawaii was in there last week. The suspense is not going to be, is Boise State or Fresno State, are they going to be in the top two? Right. So I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out. To you, the suspense is what? Uh, where in the bottom do we place? Okay. Okay. So um, that's what we're going to make you wait for. We're going to make you sit there and wait to see if Hawaii is in the bottom three. I feel like this is um, this is an episode of American Idol, where uh, we take all twelve teams. This is I, not original American Idol, but when ABC first took over American Idol, and you had everybody on the stage, and then uh, Ryan Seacrest would open up the card and say, uh, "You, you're gonna stay another week." Person walks from their perch from their stool. Goes to wherever the next stool is. They're there. You, next person. Tanner. Uh, you. Judges said this. America said the opposite. You're going home. See, I know that's blasphemous because <laughs> I know America loves me. Man, do I need to put that to a vote? Do I do I need to do I need to put that on our uh, on our Twitter feed? Does America love Tanner Hayworth? Um, America right now is asking to what? what? What are we talking about? I'm just I'm I'm. This is kind of how I think uh, the Mountain West power rankings probably could end up working. We could probably uh, we could probably pull this off like the old American Idol. Just name a team and say you. You're middling. Just stay where you are. All right, uh, let's let's start at the top because, uh, as as Tanner said, we'll make the suspense wait. Uh, we know the Mountain West Conference championship matchup in less than two weeks. It will be played in Boise, Idaho. Boise State, Fresno State is the matchup. Boise State will win the Mountain. Fresno State will win the West. And uh, by virtue of that, that's your top two. Boise State at one because they continue to win, and they got a good challenge from Wyoming this weekend because that game, if Wyoming won, that would have left the Mountain Division open for a week. Uh, 
potentially with the opportunity with Wyoming holding the um, tiebreaker, a win could have could have had Wyoming creating chaos and hosting the uh, the Mountain West Championship game, uh, or at least being in the Mountain West Championship game. Fresno State gets in because it did its job. Uh, they can also thank Utah State for helping to create some distance because Utah State uh, defeated San Jose State. So, and, and Utah State's been playing really well as of late. So, um, can't avoid them. But um, we were talking about this earlier today on on Let's Talk Sports with Kano Alehi, who had me as his uh, uh, co-host by virtue of no one being in the room. And um, this is an interesting matchup, but I... I don't know that this is a great matchup. I, I, If you had to ask me now, I have Boise by at least two touchdowns over Fresno State. Fresno State with um, Jake Hayner back, their only game that has been a breeze was their win against Hawaii. Everything else, UNLV, uh, Nevada actually was kind of a blowout. Um, so I guess Hawaii and Nevada were the two kind of outliers. But... The other games in which Hayner has played, um, they've been actually relatively close. So I don't know that I have the same kind of confidence in Fresno State as maybe I, I would have if we were talking, um, you know, the Hawaii game. So I, I have Boise State by a couple of touchdowns when they play in, in two Saturdays from now. That being said, um, Boise State and Fresno State are clearly the two best teams and it is is like a notch down from from Boise to Fresno, and then after that, it's it's a a couple of notches down to number three, my number three team in the Mountain West Power Rankings, San Diego State. Um, what has been done there at San Diego State? And um, I, I want to keep this in mind. Uh, I don't want to ignore some of the concerns and the criticisms about the handling of the Matt Ariza uh, case from last year, and that will be dealt with, I'm sure. Um, on the football field, what Brady Hoke has done um, kind of took this team uh, and, and kind of rebuilt it, especially on offense. They truly don't have any business um, being where they are. At seven and four and, and five and two in the Mountain West um, West Division, but Jalen Maiden from safety to quarterback and staying at the starting quarterback position and being kind of efficient in that um, that is a true testament to coaching. And um, you know Brady Hoke, I think if not for the fact that Boise State also has picked itself up off the ground and has become really good. I think right now Andy Avalos is going to be coach of the year probably in uh, uh, you know in the Mountain West, but I would honestly I would give a vote to Brady Hoke for what he has done to keep San Diego State a bowl eligible and b a top divisional team. That's Im that's impressive to me, and and that's one of the reasons why. Uh, I have San Diego State at three. So my top three in the Mount West Power Rankings, Boise State one, Fresno State two, San Diego State three. Uh, questions, concerns from the other room? None? All right. Uh, let's kill the suspense then. Bottom three in the Mount West Power Rankings. Here we go. Uh, New Mexico retains its rightful place at number 12. 
Uh, New Mexico falling at home to San Diego State, 34 to 10. Um, this really had nothing to do with the result. It's just the continued, you know, um, CJ Montez throws for 112 yards in an interception. Uh, New Mexico had a grand total of just above 200 yards of offense uh, against San Diego State. Not great. They are 0-7 in the Mountain West. They have won now uh, eight. Con- uh, they have lost now. I beg your pardon. Eight consecutive games. They are a bottom 10 team uh, in the country, and they are certainly bottom in our uh, in our consideration uh, at number 12. Number 11, um, Nevada is uh, is right there, and I don't think that changed at all. I think I kept them right there at 11. Uh, they were shut out at half against Fresno State. It was 24 to nothing. Now, you know, give Nevada credit, a couple of touchdowns in the second half, you know, um, to get on the board. But other than that, they, like New Mexico, 0-7 in the Mountain West, and uh, at, they've been kind of seesaw. And that's where the difference is between Nevada and New Mexico. Nevada at least has been competing with teams. You know, um, look at their losses, and, and, and the Wolfpack have lost nine in a row. Uh, San Jose State, touchdown game. Colorado State, field goal difference. You know, that incarnate word game really just sent them all over the place. But uh, watch for uh, Reno versus Las Vegas. UNLV versus Nevada. Uh, that's coming up on Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff Hawaii time. Uh, I am calling for an upset special Nevada over UNLV on Saturday as the eyebrows raise in the other room. All right, uh, number 10 in the Mountain West Power Rankings. Moving down two spots, it is Colorado State uh, at the number 10 position. Why do I have Colorado State in that position? Um, Just 12 points against Air Force. They were being shut out at half. Um... 24 to 12, but this is another team kind of similar to Nevada. A few, uh, a few ups within the, within this four game losing streak, but they've lost five of six. The only win within that stretch was a close one uh, against Hawaii. And I, and I have them a little above Nevada because they, for the most part, have been competitive in these last six games. They have won their two games this year by a combined seven points. Uh, That was against Nevada and Hawaii. And um, you know, in these close games, Utah State by four, uh, San Jose State by 12, Wyoming by one, Air Force by 12. You know, they're in it. Uh, they're just not good enough uh, yet uh, to, to take that next step. So uh, that's why I have Colorado State at number 10. So uh, bottom three, New Mexico 12, Nevada 11, Colorado State 10. Questions, thoughts, concerns from the other room. None. My one thought would be, do we have the exact same list right going on right now? Well. my top three and my bottom three are exactly the same as yours. Well, maybe you should stop copying my work. Well, maybe you should <laughs> stop copying my work because <laughs> right. we don't know who finished first on this one. All right. Here's the test to see if we have done the exact same list. Uh, I will go four on down. Let's see what you've done. Four. Air Force. You have Air Force at four. Okay. He's nodding. You can't you can't hear the nod. He's nodding. Five. This is, I think we're going to differ from five through seven. Five, Utah State. Nobody can hear a thumbs up on the radio. 
I'm just giving you a good suspenseful nothing, but yeah. You had Utah State I got five. Utah State five. Okay. All right. Six. Wyoming. Six Wyoming. Oh my gosh. This is this is uh I have to be real. I think I think our deal breaker is gonna be eight and nine. Okay. Now we have not seen our work here. Uh seven. San Jose State. Yeah. That's the deal breaker? Our deal breaker is eight and nine. Uh, uh, oh, you have San Jose State at seven. Yeah. Ooh, okay. All right. Comes down to eight and nine. It comes down between UNLV and Hawaii. Co figure. Eight. Hawaii. And you have it eight? I think I... Just say, you I, have I put who? UNLV at eight. You put UNLV at eight, okay. And so I don't know how much of that is me not wanting to look like a homer because part of me wants to put Hawaii at eight, but, but, you, but the you, other you part of me, objectives. I don't know if that's me being biased. No. Because I, mean, I followed this team this entire year. Right. And if I would you know, put Hawaii versus UNLV... The exact same thing ten times in a row. I would still say Hawaii would win. Okay, but I. But, you'd, but you my believe issue is UNLV's I don't know. Team. I don't know how. How if that's just my bias talking? Okay, we do these. We do these, and we take the biases out of it. Um, you know that's why we've had Hawaii in the bottom three all year, except for, well, today. Um, this is the first day Hawaii's been outside of the bottom three, and I think they've earned it after the win. Um. You know, I don't want the biases in there, but but I also want people to recognize win, wins versus losses. It's not about that. Um, we do these power rankings based on the eye test. I I judge my eyes. My eyes tell me that Hawaii. Uh, it's not just because they beat UNLV, but Hawaii has trended has been trending forward enough that I believe I can put Hawaii UNL over UNLV. Whereas you know, UNLV is good, and I see the talent level there, and I see them kind of coming back to form, um, but they have dropped so far off of the Brumfield injury, and they haven't recovered, and, and that's why I have Hawaii at, at, at 8 over 9. Um, but I can see where you would still put UNLV over Hawaii because UNLV talent-wise, um, they, are, they are a better team talent-wise than Hawaii. Uh, take, again, win-loss record out of it. Take... What happened on Saturday out of it? Just line up these teams, put them on a sheet next to each other, forget notes, line up the teams next to each other. And I think we can both agree that UNLV has better talent up and down the board um, in most places. But um, the injuries have killed them. So, and, and so I think that's why I can, I can see putting UNLV at eight and Hawaii at nine is understandable in my book. And I think I was just uh, scared to uh, come out and put Hawaii over UNLV, mostly because I think it's just that I didn't want those to make it look like, oh, you're just you know rooting for your own guys. I if love you were guys. rooting for your guys, and you'd have Hawaii in the top five. See, I'm not that. I'm no, not you're that not. delusional. You're not. You're but not. I love this team. They've done a really great job in doing what the best college football teams do in the country. And it's that they are not the same team that they were in week zero, mm-hmm. whether it be due to, you know, people actually knowing whether they're starting, right. whether it be due to injuries. Mm-hmm. If you're a good college football team, you have made progress of your own skills individually as the year has gone on. That's correct. Braden Shager 
is not the same guy who did not throw a passing touchdown until, <laughs> what, week four? That's right, yeah. Dedrick Parson, you know, he's kind of the same guy we thought he was going to be. He his, he hasn't fumbled pr- like that terribly since the Vanderbilt and Western Kentucky game. Mm-hmm. Tylen Hines has come out to be super great. Zion Bowens is doing his thing. Jonah Panoke's back. Whenever he's on the field, he's a difference maker. So I guess if you would allow me to make a revision, I would comfortably put Hawaii over UNLV. Well, it's already out now. So. I, well, I haven't posted anything. But it's it's on the radio. It is. Everybody's heard it. And I think I was just – I didn't want to disappoint you in being a homer. That was my fear. You didn't want to disappoint me. No. Why would you disappoint me? We're looking like a homer. If you had Hawaii at eight, you wouldn't have looked like a homer. This is where we are in the program. My goodness. We're putting them at eight to me. I'm like, is that My too high? Um, yeah, this is this is uh this is something. Um but that it's it's up. Mine is on uh mine is on the Twitter. Uh, you can find that at Josh on the radio. Uh feel free uh, feel free. Uh, to debate that there. And, of course, Hawaii-San Jose State. Uh, that's coming up on Saturday. Countdown to kickoff, 8.30 a.m. Make sure you join us. Kickoff just after 10.30 from the place they call the SEFQ. SEFQ Stadium. SEFQ. SEFQ. They just don't want to call it the uh, CE. They don't want to call it the actual full name uh, Citizens Equity First Credit Union Stadium. So they got lazy. And they called it SEFQ. The first, the second one doesn't really have a good ring to it, though. doesn't have that it, good rhythm to it that you'd like. It doesn't. Um, it makes it makes no sense. Just to me, if... It, to that me, company needs to come up with a new program within the company and then use that name as the stadium name. No, it's, it's, it's like, not the company's problem. Like the Simplify problem. Arena. It's not the company's problem. To me, um, if... Uh, unless that is really what you want to go by, SEFQ... CEFQ, C-E-F-C-U. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a big believer that I've bought the naming rights. So if I've bought the naming rights, then I want my entirety of my name to be put out there for the general public to know. Well, it's, it's like Snapdragon and Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. Because Snapdragon is a part of Qualcomm. Right. But Snapdragon's more Snapdragon known Snapdragon sounds nowadays. really cool. Yeah, Snapdragon's the more known name now. Qualcomm's kind of become like a behind-the-scenes kind of company. Uh, anyway, uh, you now have our Mountain West Power Rankings. We'll check on traffic right here. You're listening to the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. All right, coming up, uh, Sports Center update as we will uh, look at Monday Night Football in a moment. Uh, Rivals Fantasy Football Show is coming up on Wednesday, 8 a.m. here on ESPN Honolulu as uh, uh, we get ready for a pivotal week. Thanksgiving week is always huge uh, when it comes to fantasy football. Get your team ready by listening in. Uh, That is Wednesdays at 8 here on ESPN Honolulu. It is presented by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Surf right now. Sports Center on the way. It's ESPN Honolulu.
A look at our M Dyer Global Scoreboard is uh, coming up in just a little while here on ESPN Honolulu. Hawaii's future broadcasters and media specialists bring you the latest action from the HHSAA State Championships. It's Road to the Ship, available now at ESPN Honolulu's website, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, presented by Pearl City High School, Ken Sato, and ESPN Honolulu. Um, I will read something on Twitter that was uh, sent to us. Oh, by the way, before that, uh, no tsunami threat to Hawaii this after a 7.3 magnitude earthquake earlier this hour near the Solomon Islands. Uh, that was the preliminary magnitude. Again, uh, Pacific Tsunami Warning Center says no tsunami threat to Hawaii uh, from that earthquake. So um, I was talking earlier about how, you know, how nice of a drive it was to go from uh, from downtown Honolulu to uh, to Laie for the uh, the Hawaii Hawaii Pacific University game. The how it uh, reminisced of the old days of making that drive as a uh, as a youngster who uh, I think this was right around the time I was barely legal to rent a car and uh and and made the drive out there for work uh enjoyable talked about how scenic that trip was um one of the best drives you'll make to a college basketball game then i get this tweet at cole underscore new and i and i usually don't repeat tweets from multiple people um or from the same person i i usually don't like to, to to spread it around but you know what um I'm going to address this one and hope that we can just squash this now. He says here, you're waxing on lovely drive to a sporting event. And you don't think Aloha Stadium part two should be built in West Oahu? Come on. Okay. If anybody is going to try to equate the drive on the freeway to West Oahu as compared to the drive to Laie, not on the freeway, off what? The Lique Lique. Uh take that. Oh gosh. I don't I don't remember the sequence of roads I was taking. I don't care. But it's not on the H one or H two or H three. Um if you're equating that drive to La EA as compared to a drive to, let's say, and I'm just going to read the subtweet that is here, West Oahu being Kapolei, and I have made the drive to Kapolei when we've done like wet and wild events and stuff like that. There is no comparison whatsoever between a drive from downtown Honolulu to La EA. And a drive from downtown Honolulu to Kapolei. It's a little bit longer to get to Laie. Um, yeah, the speed limit is smaller. Understandably so. But there is nothing scenic about the drive to West Oahu. Nothing. Unless you're looking out in the distance to see what the water park looks like. Outside of that, there is nothing, literally nothing, that I consider to be scenic about that drive. And it is not a complaint about that drive because I'm not looking for anything scenic on that drive to begin with. It's a drive. 
It's a smooth drive, a comfortable drive on the freeway when there's no traffic. But uh, there is nothing scenic about making that drive out there. There is everything scenic about making the drive out to La EA. So let us let us um, let us stop that nonsense right now. I don't want to hear it. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into arguments here about what is scenic and, and what is not scenic. I I feel like this should be a little bit of common sense. It should be. Um, apparently is not. But secondly, why on earth are we still talking about putting a stadium in, in West Oahu? I have said, and I think it's been made pretty clear, even though Governor Ige hasn't spoken on it. I don't expect him to. Uh, but it's been made pretty clear by the governor-elect and others. There is no conversation anymore about where the stadium is going to be. I'm pretty sure that we are done with that. We're not talking anymore about whether the stadium should be in Halava or it should be in West Oahu or we should put it elsewhere. That's done. Get used to it being in Halava. Any other conversation about it being anywhere else is a waste of time. Um, now, if you if you want to find some kind of a hope and a dream of putting it somewhere else, then you know, cool. Um, you build your own version, a Hawaii video game version of The Sims, um, and and see if you can build a stadium out there that way, and and and, and get your kicks there. It's not happening in real life. Uh, especially when there is the, the consideration of housing being involved and all those other things. Um, we're not going anywhere with any other place. It's halava, simply put. It's now just a matter of when, not where. And I can't believe that we are, uh, we are back on this conversation again. Um, I don't know... I. And, and some of you might think, well, we should just not read the tweet anyway. I could have, but, you know, um, it, it, it struck a little – it struck both of us, actually, in a way that just made me say, you know what? I'm not ignoring it. I'm not just going to let it um, get ignored, especially when we're putting shame or uh, trying to minimize – how good of a drive to La EA is and what a scenic drive is, I am not going to let that sit on any public platform. That's not happening. And that's why this show exists because this is this is uh, this is this is why we do what we do. Coming up, um, we are gonna get into the World Cup because it is that time of year where, it feels like the sports world pivots for a little while. Uh, we've got one of the best sporting events in the uh, in the world happening. And for the first time in eight years, uh, Team USA is in it. And they played today. And um, there's kind of like a varied reaction that's come from it that is not is not bad, uh, but I think does does deserve to be kind of um, looked into just a little bit and I'll explain that coming up in just a moment but first 
want to tell you about our M. Dyer Global scoreboard. It is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, Monday Night Football, the NFL-Mexico game. It is uh, Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals. Didn't think I'd be saying that this week, but he's starting for his second consecutive game. They're trailing the San Francisco 49ers 17-10. to Final 43 seconds in the first half. It's on ESPN television. You can listen to it on our sister station, CBS 1500. NBA third quarter, 209 left in that quarter. Bulls lead the Celtics 91-71. Milwaukee up on Portland 84-73, 248 left in the third. Also in the third, Heat 69, T-Wolves 68. uh, 506 there in that quarter. 118 left in the third. Knicks on the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, 94-83. College basketball, the... Maui Jim, Maui Invitational with a uh, another top-ranked team in the field. 17th-ranked San Diego State's got a 29-18 lead on Ohio State. 4.43 remaining in the first half. That game is on ESPN2. Earlier today in the Invitational, number 10 Creighton over number 21 Texas Tech, 76-65. Number 9 Arkansas over Louisville, 80-54. And tonight, also on ESPN2, number 14 Arizona, unbeaten at 3-0 hosting uh, 3-1 Cincinnati. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. We'll check on traffic here as you're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update is 15 minutes away here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, Hawaii's future broadcasters and media specialists bring you the latest action from the HHSAA State Championships. It's called Road to the Ship, and it's available now at ESPN Honolulu's website, YouTube, and Facebook, uh, presented by Pearl City High School, Ken Sato, and ESPN Honolulu. Today, well, today wasn't the start of the World Cup. Uh, World Cup started yesterday. And Team USA played today. And uh, it felt like the sports landscape, at least for the day, uh, had changed. Because uh, the World Cup is one of those events that you kind of just, you pay attention to. And I think we, you know, you, you may be a soccer fan, you may be, you may not be a soccer fan. Look, I'm not going to um, pretend to sit here and be a soccer expert and I'm not going to try to insult soccer experts by trying to act like one. Um, I can give you kind of my my experience of having the World Cup back for the first time in eight years when you've got a United States team playing in it. And you kind of feel like there is this obligation that you watch it. Like, the Olympics and the World Cup are, to me, one in the same when the Olympics come on, every other sporting event takes a back seat. And, you know, the difference is I watch the Olympics and it really doesn't matter what country is participating in whatever sport. Like, there's a lot of the individual sports that, you know, you kind of just watch and um, you, you, you watch and enjoy. Um, the, the world's competition is, is, is on stage. You watch soccer and it's, you know, it's, it's the countries going against one another as compared to the individual entities. And there's a little more pride at stake when you see that it's your country there. And for the first time in a while, it's uh, it's it's Team USA in it. So 
yeah, I watched when, you know, normally uh, my first, you know, the mornings on Mondays uh, of Thanksgiving week are usually reserved for Maui Jim Maui Invitational. I put that to the side. I, I was watching Team USA and Wales in, uh, in the World Cup. And I, I should make very clear as well, I'm not watching Team USA expecting that Team USA is going to win. We have to remember, again, it's been eight years. Team USA is on its way up just by, you know, again, being in the World Cup and qualifying for it. I'm not going to pretend to know whether the U.S. is supposed to beat Wales or not. But I think I can celebrate just the fact that they're there. Um, and they've gotten a point uh, thanks to the tie instead of losing. When you I, you can feel the disappointment of feeling like, you know, maybe you could have had three. Uh, but you gave up that penalty kick to Gareth Bale uh, from Wales that, that ultimately would level the match at one. And uh, you walk away with just one point, which you feel okay about that it's just a point. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I'm an outlier. I, I feel like a lot of people, whether it was at home, I know there's some people, uh, somebody I know who, who works in uh, sports radio, actually in Texas, he's back here for a little bit. And uh, he was noting, he went to a sports bar this morning in Kaka'ako and uh, noted that there were people there watching uh, Team USA and should I find I, – I, I think I could find um, what he said. He, I, I won't say the name of the sports bar because I don't think they, they advertise with us, so I'm going to leave that to the side. But basically said, the Yanks inside blank bar in Kaka'ako are salty. And that's when you know – you know a lot of the passionate ones that – are like super deep into soccer. This is their time. This is their month. Um, that those people are the ones that are going to the uh, to the bars, and they're watching the games, you know, or the or the matches when it's like, you know, nine a.m. I think is when uh, when this match was, and uh, you know it's nine a.m. might as well be like five p.m. Uh, to those soccer fans. You might as well just call it a day have a few beverages, enjoy the match, and then when you get salty, you just go home and sleep it off or something. Um, that, that sounds like more of the norm. But expect this for the, uh, for the next month or so. You know, I, um, to me, I don't really care if Team USA wins or not because I don't have the expectation that they are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they're they're back in it and it, you know, and I would have watched the world cup anyway, even if they weren't in it, but there's that little extra reason, um, to just sit in front of the television, kind of, uh, you know, look away from work for a little while and not watch the Maui Invitational, uh, because the world cup is on it, which by the way, is also weird that the world cup is now you can thank cutter for that. Uh, because the folks there, uh, they petitioned because they kind of bribed their way into getting the World Cup. They petitioned to have the uh, the World Cup moved from summer to winter, and it's still hot there. Um, it also is probably a mistake that Cutter has the World Cup there in the first place. Um, 
I have seen some of the stories that have gone on social media, uh, especially for whatever reason, the folks there, the regime there, they don't like people wearing things that resemble a rainbow. And we know it's not about the rainbow. We know it's about what it stands for and what the people wearing those shirts and those bands stand for. And for whatever reason, I don't know their laws. I don't I don't know where their religion stands on it, but they are not having any of it. I learned today, in fact, that they have planted themselves so deep in that because there have been teams that have said, okay, we're going to wear these patches on our, on our, uh, our, these arm beds on our jerseys. Team USA was, in fact, Team USA changed its logo uh, from the red, white, and blue to the rainbow colors. Um, England was going to wear the one love armband with the, the rainbow colors in a circle. Teams have been told if they wear those armbands on the field during the game, they will be carded for it. They will receive yellow cards for wearing armbands with the rainbow colors. Um, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's amazing that the world stage has actually, in this case, shown how much of division there still is in 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 how the world still views uh, some of these conversations. I'll give you another one. Uh, Grant Wall, who used to work for Sports Illustrated, he's a, a world-renowned soccer writer. Um, he had a shirt. It had rainbow colors on it. And he was told, you can't go into this venue to cover this soccer match unless you have a different shirt. There was a reporter, I think, from the Los Angeles Times who had a... Um, had a had a had a face mask on and it had rainbow colors on it, and that person was told, um, "You can't wear that mask. We'll just give you this, you know, plain blue surgical mask, but you can't wear that mask. We can give you another one." And I think the guy just ended up taking it off, um, but um, refused to take the plain mask from the uh, Qatari security people there that are going around and monitoring this. Of course, you know, there's a lot of people who are upset about the other stuff, the beer stuff, um, but we're talking about a, a country that has human rights concerns, um, and, I, and I use the word concerns strongly uh, because it doesn't sound like it's strong enough, and I understand why. Um, and then on top of that, you have some of that stuff. And then there was, um, uh, there was a Danish television station that was doing a, a, a live hit on, on one of their uh, newscasts. And the, uh, the guy who was on the air, um, his camera was basically, uh, their, their, feed, their, their, their live shot was interrupted by Qatari security people who threatened that they would smash the camera to pieces uh, if they didn't stop their filming. Why? Don't know. Um, and then, and, and then other issues today, their ticketing app didn't work. And so there are people who are hoping to get in. I don't know if they had bought tickets or, or, or whatever it was, but the ticketing app doesn't work. 
So if you're watching some of those matches and you're noticing, huh, seats are uh, kind of empty. What's up with that? Because, again, ticketing app didn't work. Um, it is a letdown. Frankly, we kind of should have expected the letdown. Because we should have kind of known here that uh, not to expect a great host. And we should have kind of known um, not to expect a smooth sailing event being run because it seemed like this event was more about showcasing Cutter. Great job. And not necessarily showcasing the great game of soccer. It's amazing how that works. Uh, Rivals Fantasy Football is coming up on Wednesday. Make sure you listen in from 8 to 8.30 here on ESPN Honolulu with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman as uh, they give you some of the fantasy advice you need, your chance to win some prizes, so much more. It's presented by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outriggers. Sports Center update on the way. This is the Sports Animals. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. What are you watching right now as we uh, get you on your drive home? We're watching Monday Night Football in uh, Mexico. San Francisco 49ers up on the Arizona Cardinals, 17 to 10. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm watching for two individuals and two individuals only uh, in my respective fantasy leagues. Oh, and, you know, the, the, the Niners, a chance to get to six and four in kind of a weak NFC West. Uh, I'll tell you why I'm watching two individuals. One in our uh, ESPN Honolulu League, uh, Debo Samuel is uh, on my team. I need Debo to give me 10 more points in order for me to get a win this week. Um, I, I need a win badly. I am uh, I'm, I'm three and seven. It's, uh, it's been really bad. I'm in a tie for last place in my division. And uh, what, are, what are we when it comes to the uh, schedule? We've got... Like three more weeks until we hit the playoffs. Um, after this week, I'd love to get to seven and seven, and hope to have a shot at the playoffs. But there's some pride on the line there too. My opponent has a player in the buy position at running back, and I don't feel like I can really lose to someone with someone in the. Uh, the buy position at running back. It it feels kind of embarrassing. I should also uh, I should also note I have lost a lot of games. <laughs> a lot of games. Um it's been uh what what's this losing streak I'm on right now? I'm on a five game losing streak in, in this one league. Uh that I could I could use a win just to just to feel good about myself. Here's the uh, the other league. I am watching for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I am up in my league. I need a win um, badly. You thought a five-game losing streak was bad. In the uh, Hawaii Sports Media League, which I'm sure they are really regretting the invite they sent me this year for the first time in the league, um, I am on a seven-week losing streak. 
and um, I, I need Christian McCaffrey to come through and DeAndre Hopkins to not. Those are, outside of the fact that this is a divisional game, those are the two reasons why I'm really watching the San Francisco 49ers in the Arizona Cardinals play uh, as they are on ESPN television right now, the NFL-Mexico game. And as I say that, you know what? Thank you, Debo. Touchdown, Debo. Uh, on a reverse sweep, that might have gotten me close to the 10 points that I needed to take the lead. Very, very close. Asking you shall receive. Uh, the power of live radio. Uh, Debo must have some beats in his uh, in his uh, in his helmet that uh, that listen to us say, "Hey, get me some points." Debo got me some points. And uh, and here we sit with maybe, maybe, just maybe, a chance for a win. No, I am down by .08. Got time. It's the third quarter. Time not to, time not to freak out yet. .08 in our uh, ESPN Honolulu League. In our other league, by the way, for whatever reason, they decided to do away with the decimal system. And so we have a bunch of ties. Um, which seems kind of counterproductive to trying to determine wins, winners and losers when you have um, a bunch of ties. It doesn't, doesn't really work out so well. Last hour, we were talking about the World Cup. Team USA is back after uh, missing it the, uh, the, the, the previous iteration a few years ago. Texter here from the uh, 291. Isn't the World Cup about playing football? Texter says, I thought soccer is an American name for football. I believe the world uses football and not soccer for this game. Excuse me, did I do something wrong? Did I not say football, but instead I used soccer? Um, you know, we have a sport of football, and a lot of people here call it soccer. Um, so I'm going to choose to go by what a lot of people call the sport here in America, um, which is soccer. And I don't believe I'm being offensive in doing so um, when most of this country sees that the American football is the more popular sport in this country, not the, the rest of the world's definition of football, also spelled differently and pronounced differently. Because they don't call it football. So uh, I'm staying with soccer. Respecting that that's what we call it. Um, and it's kind of the way it's been generally done in this country. Um, but here's the other kind of misconception um, uh, about this. Is that the World Cup is not just to, as um, this text says, it's not just about Playing football. See, the World Cup is, for whoever is hosting the World Cup in that that cycle, it's supposed to be about showcasing your country. And, um, you know, in, in this case, showcasing Qatar. Qatar should be showcasing why it is a, a country that is deserving of uh, people wanting to go there and visit whenever it is that they want to visit outside of... Um, you know, outside of going to the World Cup 
and watching their favorite team play. You know, a lot of the stuff that we're hearing uh, makes the makes the country sound like a, 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 a non-inclusive country. And every country has their rights. Every country has their laws and their opinions and, um, you know, to each their own. Um, the one thing that this does, I believe, and I don't know the answer to that, Tanner, if you're asking the question. Um, the one thing that this does is it actually showcases the, the country cutter in actually a much different light than what is actually you know, supposed to. Um, you know, you're supposed to, this is supposed to be one of those highlight times. But what happens is um, when people start to see what it is that the country believes and stands for, that it um, it makes you think twice about it. Of course, depending on your feelings and 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 your opinions. Like, look, I um, I don't doubt that Cutter's probably like a beautiful place. There's a lot of man-made stuff. Um, they work really quickly. You know, cool. But um, I also don't know that just by watching the World Cup, I would say, you know. Cutter's a destination that I really want to go to. When their people make a big deal about, oh, you can't wear a shirt that has a rainbow on it because um, their laws um, have something against, uh, you know, homosexuality. And, um, you know, we have seen the way the world has, you know, really kind of moved forward um, and not move backwards in in the last however many years and it almost seems like this is a country whereas you're watching them on the world stage you're watching a country that seems a bit backward uh as as much as maybe uh architecturally they seem to be ahead um financially they seem to be ahead uh but when you talk about some of the human rights stuff when you talk about some of the uh some of the the beliefs and laws there it gives you the impression that they're actually not as far ahead as you'd like to believe that they are in fact in some ways behind. And so um, it's not, it, it doesn't make me want to visit at any point in time in my life. It's, it, you know, watch it from afar, you know, watch what the stadiums look like on TV. Um, you know, but other than that, I have really no interest. And, and that's, you know, you're, you've paid for, uh, these countries have paid for, and you can dial in at 808-296-1420. They have paid for the ability to really make some of their money back in tourism dollars and sponsorship dollars. And then what they're really getting when they have all these world's broadcasters coming in and um, all these teams coming in, what they're really paying for is a month of advertising. Now, of course, you also have to put in the money for the infrastructure for the stadiums and, and all that, and that's also been a, a, a tragic situation as people have died in building some of these stadiums and, and, and some of the, the, the working conditions that have been talked about have also been scrutinized um, you know, coming in, and, and still yet here we are um, you know, trying to celebrate, or at least some people are, 
trying to celebrate that this country that really might look nice, but that's just the surface level stuff. Really, you should be putting your best foot forward uh, when you're spending all of the money to be able to you know host these events. Not and if your best foot forward is making yourself look like a really strict state. Um, then it really does say kind of a lot about your your country in general. Uh, Tanner Hayworth was looking into something um, earlier in the segment because one of the other conversations here, we talked about it earlier, was beer. And uh, Cutter had, had announced like 48 hours before the tournament started on Sunday that they were not going to sell beer in and, without, in and around the venues, uh, that there would be certain like designated fan zones but not in and around the venues. Now you were you were asking a question, and one I didn't realize about um, when the World Cup was in Brazil. That's another kind of unfortunate situation. They build these stadiums. They have the um, you know, they have the the soccer events there, and then the stadiums just sit there and rot. They don't use it for anything else. It becomes an eyesore rather than just kind of a reminder of the great feats that your country took to be able to host an event like that. Instead, it's like, uh, um, they're just rotting stadiums. But you had thought of something during the segment on, on the selling of beer. Can You want to go through that real quick? Because go back to Brazil, and they didn't serve beer either. Yeah, so Brazil, in 2003, uh, made a bill to ban the, sell, the sales of alcohol in stadiums to combat what they call hooliganism, mm-hmm. which is probably a regular activity of mine as a high school student. <laughs> your but, par- um, if your parents are listening, because um, I was a hooligan, they really don't want to hear that right yes, about now. Yes. But when, when Tanner Fi- gets home, there will be lots of questions <laughs> being asked. But when FIFA came in, they said, look, we have to sell beer. It's a huge, it's a huge stake in our revenue source when it comes to, you know, watching soccer. And you have true. a, 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 a official sponsor, official beer sponsor of the event, which is Budweiser. So, yeah, so FIFA claims stadium beer sales were a key part of the tournament's tradition, and lifting Brazil's ban was non-negotiable. And even though many of Brazil's politicians opposed it, they wrote a new bill to lift the alcohol ban for the first time in 11 years at that point. So FIFA has before Mm -hmm. forced forced countries to change their laws right. for the sake of selling beer in their stadium. It's the bribe money. It's, I mean, it is well known that this was not a legitimately gained World Cup hosting uh, ability, that there was some bribing involved. In fact, that's why the World Cup's now. It's not normally now. It's normally in the summer. Instead, the the Qataris wanted the World Cup moved from the summer to the winter, and here we are uh, with the World Cup played at this really weird, um, inopportune time of November into December. Bribe money, because there's no other reason why FIFA would give in to the government of Qatar. That's the government who made the decision about the beer other than bribe money. And that and and that's why it's kind of a shame. Like, 
you know, I'll, I, I, will, I will watch the World Cup because I feel like it is, you know, one of the things that I expect myself to do when the event is on. Watch, appreciate, enjoy. One of the things I probably won't appreciate is just the country. Um, I'll appreciate the soccer. I will appreciate the, um, you know, I, I will appreciate seeing Team USA in it for the first time in eight years, even if they get knocked out in the knockout stage. But um, I just won't appreciate the country. And I, and I think I can separate both uh, from each other, even though it is such an integral part. And, and, I, and I do have to, to, to give some criticism um, to Fox, who is the, uh, the television broadcaster for the World Cup. Because, I mean, let's face it. They're heavily monetarily involved in all this, and there's one thing that they will not do. They will not be critical of what is going on there. They weren't critical when I think it was in... uh, uh, There was another location in which the the, the last World Cup was held that was questionable. Um, I want to say, was it Russia? I think it was. And they weren't critical then, the most critical they were today was of a ticketing app not working. Other than that, nothing. It is all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. And look at our set. It's so nice. There's no rainbows. Oh, yeah. That's right. Walked right into that one, didn't I? Zephyr Insurance text line, 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. I swear, that just came out of my mouth because that's what I normally would say, and Tanner was quick on his feet and like, no, not there. Not there. I'll make you take off your shirt if you've got one on your shirt. Uh, We'll check on traffic right here. This is the Sports Animals. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. All right, I feel like I, 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 I need to check myself here. Am I in line or am I out of line? Um, based on this texter, thinks I might be out of line. Texter from the 291. Calling the game soccer is an American thing. The refusal of not calling the sport football like the rest of the world shows American arrogance. The USA is adamant about calling the sport soccer. It sort of creates the appearance of the USA being bullies in many of the world affairs. It's all about the money. Money talks. That's via our Zephyr Insurance text line. Okay. Um, I call it soccer. I have said that. It's not that I don't respect that other countries call it football or football. Um, but I don't believe I'm being arrogant in calling it soccer, I I I need a, a a second opinion on this, right? Am I am I being arrogant by calling it soccer? I think it's the same thing, like how some people call soda pop, some people call it soda. It's like, oh, you call it pop because you're from the north. Is that because you think you're better than me because you're from the north part of the U.S.? It's like, no, it's just that's just how I grew up calling it. Right, that's a regional thing. Some people just call it. As you said, soda pop, some call it pop, some call it soda. Um, that is a very regional thing. But I think it's it's probably different here because you're you're talking about a sport that is you know, loved by millions of people. 
So it probably it, it probably takes a different meaning for some. Um, but I, I will again go – my reasoning again, we have a sport called football that is more uh, – is, is much more watched. Uh, it is higher rated. It is the number one sport in this nation. And so it does, yes, kind of take precedence. That gets called football, and this is called what most people in this country call it, not to be mean about it, soccer. Rivals Fantasy Football, Wednesday morning at 8 on ESPN Honolulu, presented by the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Rivals Waikiki and the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Traffic right now. All right, time for a history lesson. I believe, based on a based on a text that came in to the radio program, our Zephyr Insurance text line. Tanner, be ready. Be ready to uh, to to give the history lesson. And I don't even know if this is sarcastic or not. I I don't really like a, assuming sarcastic texts. Texture from the 722. Congratulations, Josh. You've just won the hashtag America First Award from President Donald Trump because you're a nationalist. Tanner, please give us the history lesson on uh, the word soccer. Because okay. uh, to, for those tuning in, uh, there is a texter who said that... Uh, the refusal of not calling the sport football like the rest of the world shows American arrogance. Tanner, please give us the origin of the word soccer. So, as we know, originated, uh, there, the uh, rules that we play by came from the set of rules that were made in 1863 mm-hmm. in England when England's newly formed football association wrote down a set of rules. Now, at the time, there was also a rugby association, Mm -hmm. and you could go down the historical context of the times, and you could do your own research. I've done mine. (laughs) Yes, you have. And a very common thing that a a fad of you, that you will, will say that in those times, people like to shorten words by just saying blank-er. Like for the rugby association, they call that rug-er, rugger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with football association, they there's not a really word that you can say. You could say footer, but they went with association or those three little words that are in the middle of association, soccer. And that's where a lot of people, a lot of people think is the origination of soccer was from England. Not America. So technically... We're all still we're all redcoats here <laughs> by calling it soccer in America. And we took on soccer so much that England was like, no, we're gonna call it football because we're not like those Americans. <laughs> and that's what happened. That's mm-hmm. why it's called football now when it was originally called soccer for a long time in England. Right. Um Yeah, so take that to uh to those. Thank you, Britannica. Yeah. Yeah, thank Britannica. I forgot about them. Uh, thank you to those thinking, uh, oh, you're just being arrogant. No. If I were to be arrogant, then I'd say, why would I watch? Why would I care? Why would I? Why would I give credence to the event? You know, 
Why? Makes no sense. Uh, one more texter from the 781. Call it footy. The British slang for football. And everybody will be happy. I'll go with the original slang. Soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just can we just agree on watching the event? I don't know. That's 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 all I'm looking for. We're watching the event. Um agree to disagree on the name. Uh, well, we know the name's the World Cup. That's the name. We can call it FIFA. We 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 can. We can we could call it uh That's what the soccer game was called for a very long time until next year. Because there's the whole deal with that FIFA and EA Sports haven't reached oh, a new agreement yeah, yeah. You're talking, on their you're, you're soccer talking video uh, simulation games. game. Yeah, you're so, talking video games. That was called, that's just called FIFA. Yeah. Um, FIFA's been embroiled in a lot. Uh, and, and I do believe that that is part, with all the bribery and, and all that stuff, there have been a lot of heads that have been rolling um, in that organization because of that. And I, and I think that is part of the reason why there is an issue with the, uh, the, the video game deal. Uh, not like... I don't know how many people in our in our demo are avid FIFA video game people. Um, I'm willing to say probably in the tens, not necessarily in the the major part of our demographic, and they they could probably care less about the uh, uh, the video game part. Uh, one more uh, this via oh uh, this is from Jeff. Some bars used to open up very early to show the World Cup. Is it streaming? Now, I don't know um, what bars are open and aren't open. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I do know one in Kaka'ako I was told about. They were open. You know, kickoff was, uh, was it nine? So I would imagine that's, that's a little early. And this is, like, this is the best time. The diehards really go in. They're dressed in their kits um, or, or whatever, USA garb. They're coming in. Maybe they're going to work late. Uh, maybe they're taking the day off. You know, there's one thing that I can say about the the soccer fan is that um, there are very few fans, I think, in sports as diehard as the soccer fan, um, especially around this time in, like, the big stage kind of events. Um, and if you're going to go, I mean, it's, it's inconvenient. It's a Monday at 9 a.m. But if you're going to go to your to your local watering hole and, uh, and just make it 5 o'clock at 9 uh, because that's how much you're, you're into it and you care, that, hey, um, more power to you. It is streaming uh, because nowadays everything is. Uh, you, can, you can watch it if you have a, a cable subscription or you have a streaming subscription. Yeah, you can stream it on your phone. Um, you can, you can stream it on, uh, on your computer or you can just watch it on a TV, but this is, you know, I think we've learned, um, and, and maybe the, the sports bar industry maybe has kind of learned that there is something about watching a game. If it's an important game that you just can't do it at home on the couch by yourself or at home, invite a couple of your buddies to your house and watch it on the television at your place. Like the sports bar industry, you would probably think at times, well, if you can watch your game anywhere, then what's the need for going to a sports bar? Um, Streaming doesn't take away the ability to be social. 
And actually, that's one of the, the, the really good things about these kinds of like, we call them um, tentpole events. Tentpole events mean that these are like the standard bearing events in a year. Your tentpole events in, in, in our sports calendar, you have your major championships in sports like golf. You've got your Super Bowl. You've got your NBA finals. You've got your uh, World Series. You have um, NCAA, uh, NCAA tournament. You've got your national championship in college football. And then once every four years, your, the, the World Cup enters in as a tentpole event. And certain tentpole events like this one, they are very social um, social sports. It's a much better, even if you could watch it at home for free, um, make some food at home that you've got in the freezer and, you know, just heat it up and then eat it while you're sitting on the couch, maybe doing some work on your computer. That's no fun. That's why when, like, they were showing earlier, they had, um, they were showing the, the crowd in St. Louis. And they were gathered around uh, Bally Sports Live outside of Bush Stadium. And they have a, a, a bar and grill there uh, that has the, tel- the the regional sports network's name on it. And you can see just this, like, packed crowd of people that are standing outside watching the game on a big screen. And they're enjoying it. Um, the World Cup, when your team is playing, um, that's what that brings. That brings that kind of um, loyalty and excitement and camaraderie that uh, you don't really you don't get for a lot of other sports, with maybe the exception of the Super Bowl being the only exception, actually, uh, because you're you're watching a a match that's going on at that time, not not another one. You're watching that um particular match and it um you know it 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 does uh it it does make people wake up early and it will make people stay up late depending on uh, uh on time zones in which you're watching all right uh one more text we were talking about fantasy football earlier and um my teams are really bad i have losing streaks of 5 and 7 respectively in uh in in my leagues Texter from the 382 um, is just consoling me at this point. It says, uh, don't feel bad. I have one less win than you and have Debo too. Playoff run and win out the rest of the season, we can only hope. Uh, good luck. I, I don't know how much I can sit through this fourth quarter as my team is down .08. At least Debo's playing. Wait, point zero eight. Point zero eight. Not point eight. Not point eight. Point zero eight. My opponent is eighty-seven point eight two. I have eighty-seven point seven four. Because you know decibel system. That's why we have it. Because we don't like ties. We don't play for ties in our league. So I have to agonizingly sit through this fourth quarter, just saying. Give Debo one more carry and no more cramps and using the massager in the back of the leg. None of that. Just one more carry for positive yardage. And no fumbles. It's like watching Press Your Luck. I'm just, I'm hoping that Debo gets a carry and you're on the screen and you've got the board around you and you're saying, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, and stop. And you're, as I knock my phone down, and you're hoping it's not a fumble 
and you're hoping it's not an incomplete pass, and you get points, and you advance ahead. He literally needs one yard. I know. I know. That's that's the thing. I, it's like Press Your Luck. Have you seen that game show, Press Your Luck? Tanner, no. You have not seen Press Your Luck. I can't wait till I answer yes to one of these questions. Watch YouTube uh, or Game Show Network. You'll know exactly what I mean. That's Any fumble is like a whammy, and I can't have a whammy. I need a yard. It's like the equivalent of getting 100 bucks and press your luck when I, when I hit stop on the buzzer. That's what I need right now here in the final quarter of the Niners up 31 to 10 on the Arizona Cardinals. All right. Um, we'll close out the show. Final thought in a moment. And don't forget, it is championship weekend in high school football. And that means uh, one final weekend for our scoring live ESPN Honolulu scoreboard where we get you the final scores from the three state championship games remaining. Check it out. Uh, ESPNHonolulu.com, our digital platforms. It is brought to you by Kid City, by Rondi Solar Services, and by BMW of Honolulu. We'll close it out next after we take a look at traffic. This is ESPN Honolulu. Coming up next, it is the Brotherhood, Pride, Tradition, Excellence. Here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Texter from the 330. Back in the day, Gary Dickman opened players for soccer fans. I'm sure. Because Gary knew what the fans wanted. And uh, they wanted World Cup soccer. That's, uh, and, and, you know. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of others out there. Uh, if you want to buy advertising to advertise that your sports bar and grill is open for the World Cup to uh, activate Team USA fans, because they play on Friday, they play England. Um, if you want to buy advertising to let everybody know that your sports bar and grill is open, call our advertising department. The number is on our website, ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, we'd love to tell people about it. That's what we do. We want, we want to activate sports fans uh, all over the place. It's been a fun show today. Um, we had Damian Kim earlier. We were talking about a, a great event with the American Diabetes Association, which is coming up next year. Uh, so we got to get a head start on that. Um, really excited that we could uh, we could do something like that. This, um, and, and, and our final thought today, uh, this just kind of feels like a day that um, kind of feels right, you know? Molly Jim Molly Vitational is back. And outside of that really, really ugly-looking print in the painted areas of uh, of the Lahaina Civic Center, you know, outside of that, it's just it, it just feels normal. Um, I you know I can remember in in years that uh, I've been down there, and it's it's that Thanksgiving week tradition. You're there on Maui. You're parking in a gravel parking lot. You're walking into a, a just this this packed like high school like uh, gymnasium, and uh, you're watching some of the best college basketball being played in a venue that seats no more than a thousand. You know, it's um, it's cool. You know, and um, uh, and 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 the reason why it is is that it's it's a it, it's the kind of venue that's unlike any other you're going to be in. 
you know, Champions Classic is great when you can have Duke and North Carolina and Kansas and Michigan State play in the same venue in one day. That's kind of an, an, an early experience. But um, playing in Lahaina in a warm, cramped gym, it just it, it just hits different. And then and then not only that, but um, then you go outside and you've got like your fan fest area. I still remember when the fan fest when EA Sports used to sponsor uh, the Maui Invitational. And they had the fan fest. They had a, a tent. So outside, if you've been there before, outside the gym, they've got kind of like a seated area where they've got the concessions and, and food and drink and all that. And then on the side of that, they had um, you know vendors. EA Sports is one of the vendors. And I remember one year where they had um, – this was in lieu of them discontinuing their college basketball video game. Um, you could go into their tent and you could play NBA Jam. And uh, and that, for for me, the young guy at the time, you know that was fun. And of course, the animals used to do the afternoon show there, and it was kind of like you know, it's it's again the the kind of scene you can't recreate. And that's what college basketball is supposed to be, the kind of scene when you create some of these events. These are the kinds of things that you can't recreate. No one can duplicate it. This is all to itself. The kind of venue and atmosphere excitement that makes uh, Maui unique and why it has been done so well um, for so long. And this might actually be one of the better fields. It's been a sneaky good field um, outside of Louisville. Gosh, what happened to Louisville? Um, but, but San Diego State, third, third favorite to win the whole thing. You know, it's kind of uh, nice. That's the challenge as as good as it is to have that back that is the challenge and that is the standard bearer for events that are wanting to be maybe the next big thing i don't know what the patty mills north shore classic wants to be i think that's the question that i uh, you know i i ultimately have of that event does it want to be a one off does it want to be a year uh, a yearly thing um, if it does, if it does want to be a yearly thing, then to me that event has an ability to be unique and create its own identity, which is what will make these events, these events that come on late and try to attract teams, that's what will make these events um, stick out and last and survive and evolve. You have, I mean, I literally, going to the event, on, on Saturday for HPU in Hawaii. And I had never taken this route before, just maps told me to. Um, drove in shy of um, Polynesian Cultural Center. I had never taken that route. I had always taken a route in the past that takes you past the Polynesian Cultural Center, you turn left, and then you're right out of the BYU-Hawaii campus, and then you, you turn toward the parking lot. This one took me right through the Polynesian Cultural Center into the, I guess, the, the back part of BYU-Hawaii and right to the parking area. And I literally parked right in front of the gym because there was parking literally right in front of the front door, which you will never find anywhere else. It was, it was wonderful. This event has the potential to give you all that. You know, UH was saying you know, last weekend, they stayed at Turtle Bay. 
you've got one of the best views on all the island where, where teams can stay at. Polynesian Cultural Center can give you the experiences that maybe you don't have a, a, the largest outdoor shopping mall right next to your 4,500-seat venue, but you have open nature. You've got Kualoa Ranch 15, 20 minutes down the road. You got Polynesian Cultural Center. You have everything that is true about a community right there in front of you that you would be dumb not to take advantage of. Because after all, these events aren't just about showtime, but they, they need to be learning opportunities too for these student athletes. It is my hope that the Patty Mills North Shore Classic um, can be that. And, um, you know, can, can find a way to survive and thrive through all of it. And, and if it can, um, I would love to see that as an event that lasts for many years and could potentially attract, uh, maybe BYU could be a host of it. Um, you know, maybe you could get a power conference team a year. Maybe it will lead to improvements at the Cannon Activity Center that will make that venue feel more like the kind of auditorium that it was and can be that refurbished gem uh, for athletics in that community. There, there are so many possibilities that I'm uh, really excited about. You know what else I'm really excited about? I now have a lead in my fantasy football league. Uh, thank you, Debo Samuel. He's now got me up by 1.4 points. I'll take it. Uh, the Brotherhood, pride, tradition, and excellence. It's coming up next. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm Josh Pacheco. Chris and Gary will see you tomorrow morning. It's ESPN Honolulu.